Good evening, everyone. Attention. We are tonight's entertainment. We are a band, little known band, currently known as The Narratives. Uh, this is our first track. We're going for a little, little something, something kind of fun, original. We're doing a man named Eugene Cernan. That's not a good name to do an intro for. Why not? Eugene Cernan. What's wrong with Eugene? I'm picturing him in my mind, and I, like, gave him a wedgie immediately. Why? <laughs> you have no idea how cool this guy is. Hi, I'm Eugene Cernan. That's not what uh, he sounds like. Is he picking his nose? No. What is What is he? I bet he's so patriotic, he's probably never picked his nose before. <laughs> I don't Real know if that's true. Real don't pick their goddamn noses. No. Um... So we talked about uh, last episode and our Steve Buscemi. Eric was like, "I'm gonna do some psychic," and and I think this guy has, has a, a funny, funny hat. hat. And you know what? Eugene Cernan does have a funny hat. Let me give me give, give me a hit of that hat. He is an astronaut. Oh, so his hat. Oh, that's pretty darn funny. That's hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find a picture of his hat, but I, I, I'm sure you can imagine it. It's just the same old NASA hat. He worked for NASA, and uh, yeah. This guy did many, many great things for um, NASA aviation. So, I just wanted to double-check that the episode was recording. That was good, I'm glad. <laughs> oh, I, like I didn't want to get... New practice. Yeah, that's good. Um... So let's just uh, let's talk about this guy because he's he's there's a lot to, to cover and I don't want to do what I did last time with uh, Stan Lee and like <laughs> some of them yeah, just go right through follow fall behind but uh, I did watch I did watch his um, his biography it was on Netflix it was called The Last Man on the Moon oh and so I'm sure you can imagine why he's got such a is he big one of those guys record. that like firmly believe in aliens uh no oh okay no. I don't believe in him. So this guy, he was born March 14th, 1934, uh, and he passed away just recently, actually, January 16th, 2017, just a, oh, a year ago. Poor guy. Yeah. When I, th- By the time I watched the documentary, he was still alive, and he was still like going around and doing tours and stuff. Tours. Yeah. He was kind of a crazy old man. <laughs> hey, anyway, what a crazy old man. He was an uh, astronaut, a naval aviator, an electrical engineer, an aeronautical engineer, and a fighter pilot. Whoa. On Apollo 17, Cernan became the 11th person to walk on the moon, and he was the last person to be, have walked on the moon. Ever? Really? As of 2018, to have walked on the moon. Yeah, last person huh. ever. Because he entered the, the lunar module. He was the last man to enter that. So, hmm. yeah. That's kind of cool. I like the moon. Yeah, he's he's been up there. I'm pro-moon. Yeah. What is an EVA? A spacewalk. Okay, cool. <laughs> He said four spacewalks. EVA stands for space walk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know what it's. Yeah, he's been in space doing spacewalks uh, approximately for twenty four hours and eleven minutes. So that's pretty cool. Ooh, that's like a whole. He's day. been yeah. So that's like out by the NASA arm or, or like the space arm or whatever Canadian arm. I don't remember what it's called. Space needle. Uh, no no no, not the space needle. That's Seattle space needle. Yeah the 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 ISS the International Space Station. Like ISIS. they do. <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> we gotta get through this year. Okay, so he has traveled into space three times. Uh, so his first time was as a pilot. This is the summary, by the way, as a pilot of Gemini 9A on June 1969, and then the second time was a lunar module pilot on Apollo 10, oh. May 16 or May 1969, not May 1699. <laughs> 
1699, <laughs> man. First land and, on the moon. And his final time, he was the commander of Apollo 17 in December 1972. Hmm. It was the final Apollo lun- lunar landing. Uh, he was also a backup crew member for uh, Gemini 12, Apollo 7, and Apollo 14 space missions. Do you know why they're called Apollo? <sighs> no, I don't. Why? Is it, is it after a god? No, I don't think so. I want to know. Uh... Maybe I can find the Apollo namesake. That's okay. Apollo fourteen was, by the way, the uh, the manned lunar landing one, mm. the first one. That's where uh, um, Armstrong, I think. Which was the one that no, really not... fucked up? Was that Apollo thirteen or twelve? I don't know which one was. Eleven. Uh, Listeners, which Apollo didn't do a good? Yeah, <laughs> which was a spooky one that they the made one a movie crashed. about? And, yeah, and there was like space voices. Or yeah, whatever it's a good movie. Of. It's like an alien movie though. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, there's some. They they did have like some redacted weird stuff that they're like they're getting oh, yeah. weird transmissions and stuff. And they Armstrong believes in aliens. Yeah, all the probably. Way. Anyway, to uh, aside from the Apollo stuff, that all of his his three space missions were really important, and I'll get into that as we as we keep moving right. forward. So, uh, he was born on March 14th, 1934, like I said, in Chicago, Illinois. Hey. He was the son of Rose and Andrew. His father was a Slovak, not a, <laughs> like a Slovakian. Ah. Uh, and a, and his mother was Sech. Oh, Czech. Is that how you say? Is yeah, that Czech, Czech Republic. CZ? Oh. Yeah. It's Czech Republic. I always yeah. thought it was Sech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm retarded. Apparently, I'm really bad at human names are the best part of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! One more down. Oh, uh, <laughs> someone make a list. So he he grew up in the suburbs. Blah blah blah. And uh, he went to high school. And then after high school, he went into university. The best part um, about this is that as a kid, he was very unassuming. He didn't really know what he was going to do. Oh, um, and uh, like there, he, he didn't really think that he was going to be an astronaut or anything like that because there it wasn't really in the in his mind or anything like that. Yeah. He just thought that you know he was going to go to school and do whatever. And then, yeah, and then as time went on, he became a, a very, a very good astronaut. So, what makes him so unique upon astronauts? I'll, I'll the, tell you why in, the, in a second. Okay, because so far he's just an astronaut. He's basically in in like the the ranking of of like famous astronauts. It's uh, Armstrong and yeah. then Eugene Sermon. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that you'll you'll realize why as we keep going here. Uh, he went on to his, his university, it was Purdue University, and he got, um, he was a member of a fraternity, uh, the Phi Gamma Delta mater- fraternity, it sounds very nerdy. Um, Phi Gamma Delta, they all sound dumb. It's probably just a whole bunch of guys just like chugging beers. It's a social with more than 158 active. It was, uh, half of the Jefferson duo. <laughs> that's that one means. person. And the Jefferson duo? That's one person. That's a lot of people. One? No, 170,000 people have been initiated into that fraternity. Oh! It's a big game. Yeah. Uh, he got a Navy scholarship after his... Uh, yeah, because... Um, I for, I'm skipped over those facts, but as a kid, he was in the um, Boy Scouts, and then... And then, uh, yeah, he got second-class Boy Scout. I don't... I was never a Boy Scout, so I don't know what a second-class Boy Scout is. I was in Cub Scouts for a long time. I don't know... I've never heard classes, though. This is America. It's like Beaver Cub. Maybe maybe Beaver is second-class? I don't know. No, Beaver Beaver you do when you're young, like a toddler, and then it's Cub. You think Beaver was, like, good, right? I don't know. Beaver's, like, young. So he grew up on a farm, which is also really cool. Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't think of like a, a astronaut to be like a farmy person, but he he liked uh, like 
it talks about this for a long time. His, his early life was he was obsessed with horses and, and like oh. and, and just sports and and hunting and fish and stuff. Like, and he really liked flying. Actually, sounds like a man's man. Yeah. Uh, he was commissioned as a, a Navy U.S. Navy ensign um, through the National uh, the Reserves or whatever mm. is the Naval Reserves, and uh, so this was after his his um, his university stuff. Also, in his university, he got a degree of electrical engineering, a bachelor of science, and um, damn. And he got uh, his final GPA was a five point one out of six point oh. Oh damn! So that's pretty pretty Ooh. darn smart. Yeah, you gotta be to be an astronaut. Can't be no dullard. Yeah, uh, he he became at he went into active duty after his like his uh, reserves, and he, he decided that he liked it enough to go into active duty, and he he decided that he wanted to try flying out because he was really interested in it. Oh. So he started doing flying training at um, Whitting Field, uh, Barron Field, and Naval uh, Stair- Naval Air Station Corpus Christi, um, which is a very famous one, and uh, Memphis was another one. Mm. Uh, he did the f- flight training on the T-28 Trojan, T-33 Shooting Star, uh, F-9F Panther, uh, and after all that, he became an aviator, a naval aviator, flying a FJ-4 Fury, an A-4 Skyhawk, uh, jets in attack squadrons 1, 2, and 6, and 1, 1, 3, which are apparently really difficult. I, I'm no, no I don't know anything about airplanes, but if anyone out there has any clue about airplanes, I'm sure... I'm sure it's impressive. I'm sure it's impressive. Yeah, I'm sure that's the kind of thing that, Just like... Just the sheer number of different kinds of planes you flew must have been... Yeah, because they're not all the same. Because I imagine normally... It's not like driving cars. You're not just... No. Yeah. F1 Prius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Upon the completion of his assignments, uh, and, and, like, achieving that and all that, he uh, finishes education in 1963 at the Naval Postgraduate School... With a master in science, so he upgraded, and uh, he also got another degree in aeronautical engineering. And aeronautical engineering is basically like spaceship. Hmm. Aeronautical. I would think that's more planes than, like, rocket science. Aeronautical. It's it's right in there. Spacecraft. Hmm. Spaceship. Aeronautical. Boy. <laughs> I am only 13. I do not know how spaceship is. Well, fool. Uh, so during that whole... Th- uh, this, I think this is his whole career, but... Um, Maybe that's just this part. Uh, anyway, it says that he logged more than 5,000 hours of flying time with 48,000 hours in jet aircraft. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, he also landed on aircraft carriers about 200 times. He also recounts a few times when he um, he almost died landing on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> he, like, went overboard and then he, like, fell into the water and they had to pick him out. You sunk my battleship. No, not, not like that. <laughs> that's all I can imagine. It's <laughs> the only aircraft carrier you know? Yep. Oh, and the cool. shield helicarrier. Okay, fair enough. But basically, on an aircraft carrier, you land on like these these belt things, and they like catch you, and then the the belt things also help you slow down. Oh, so it's like a little clip that catches the wheel. Oh, and like in like a roller resistor. coaster. Oh. Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. And then what happened is he he like missed the clip and then didn't slow down enough, so he like oh. went into the water. But luckily, they're like a little bit buoyant, and then he was pulled out. Damn. He crashed another time later on too. So. Hey, two out of forty-one. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hours. He crashed twice, but I mean. He did pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. We're just getting into this whole thing, too, so... Uh, he was selected among the third group of NASA astronauts in October 1963 by NASA to pers- participate in the Gemini and Apollo programs. He explained it himself as, um... 
he heard about this whole uh, NASA thing where they're like they're going into space and everything, and he's like, I could never be an astronaut. I could never ever be an astronaut. That would be way too hard. And then his, I think it was his girlfriend at the time was like, you should maybe just go try, just whatever, do it. There's nothing you can lose. And he's like, okay, sure, whatever. And he goes there, and then he like leaves the thing, and he thinks he didn't do much. Just like he's Stan like, Lee's girlfriend, basically. It's all the girl, and then the, and then uh, Stephen King's girlfriend, Tabitha. Yeah, Tabitha. <laughs> I guess his wife at the time. Either yeah. way. They all, they all fixed him up. Get a wife. If you're gay, good luck. Or or a guy. I don't know. A guy that can do both. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> get, you, get you an astronaut that can do both. Yeah. But um, he went and tried it out, and then he was he got was uh, put on the callback list, basically. Oh. I don't know. That like, sounds bad. Like no, we'll call you. We'll call you. Like like you had to put in all your details and everything, and he did everything, and then. It, they weren't like we're, we're going to call you. It was just like a thing where it was like if you get called at the end of this timeline, then uh, then you you we won't call you if you don't get in or whatever. Oh, okay. Anyway, at the like midway through or something like that, he got a call and then he's, he's like, okay, you're, you're just calling me to let me know that I didn't get in or whatever. And they're like, no, we want to see you here next week and uh, begin your training. And, and he's like, <laughs> Ooh. huh? Are you going to go into astronaut training and what that is? Uh. Astronaut training is very... Yeah, there's a lot of it. I've seen Space Camp like two years... Like four, four or five years ago. <laughs> That's the only information on space I have. Well, let's, let's get into his uh, his Gemini program, which was the first one. Gemini 9A. Ah. So uh, Cernan was originally selected as a backup pilot for Gemini 9 with uh, Thomas Stafford. Hmm. When the Prime crew was killed in the crash of NASA two T-38A 901... At Lampert Field on February 28th, oh, God. 1966, the backup crew became the prime crew. Oh, that's that's got to be rough. Yeah. So Everyone else dies. Like, Actually, oh. you can see there's the wreckage of the crash. What happened is the, the doors sealed and a fire started inside oh. and they couldn't get the doors open. And oh, so they God. burned alive in there. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So they landed. Good luck, kiddo. And then it just, because the You're fire. God. You know how like. Coming in, you coming in hot basically, and then the fire every, all around. The fire Atmosphere. got inside, yeah. and then they couldn't open the doors, and so they landed in a field, and then they went and found them, and then yeah, Oof. yeah, Gross. not good. That's like the worst way to die. And then basically, yeah, the guys were like, "Okay, you're up. We're gonna just have to restore this aircraft, and uh, we'll get you up there." And he was like, "Great." Yeah, the same aircraft that just like burned. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Gemini 9A encountered a number of problems. The original target vehicle exploded during launch, and the planned docking with a substitute target vehicle was made impossible by a protective shroud failing to separate after launch. However, the crew performed a rendezvous that simulated uh, procedures that would be used in Apollo 10. The first optical rendezvous and a lunar orbit rendezvous. Uh, A lunar orbit. So basically, Apollo 10 was the first one to land on the moon. Right? So what they did, these guys, is they were the first people to actually go to the moon. Oh. They'd never been, at, until this point, nobody had been past, like, Earth and, like, the, the space. It seems weird that orbit. we were on the moon in, like, 60-something. Yeah. That's so crazy. Right? It's crazy. Wow. But these guys, they didn't land on the moon. They just went to the moon. They could see the moon. and then they Slapped like, that moon ass and then went back. They went around. He accounts a lot of things. There was something that went... Um, very wrong. They almost crashed into the moon, actually. Oh. Yeah. So what happened was he hit the wrong switch. Um, He was supposed to hit a, a, one of these switches, and he... I don't remember what it was. They gotta label those switches. Uh, it'll it'll say... Uh, maybe it'll say in here. Uh, but overextension due to lack of limb restraints prevented testing. Uh, no, it doesn't actually say in this one. That's But he hit... 
um, the wrong button, and basically they went into like um, spinning, oh. so they couldn't find the horizon anymore, and like all they could see is the horizon was just coming and going and coming oh, and going. Jesus, and it was super scary because they're like basically they're like ah, mayday. We're, we're I didn't like, realize how terrifying being an astronaut was until right now. Yeah, Ugh. being in space and being like, well, we're d- dead. Yeah, the <laughs> well, people before. Yes, we're dead. Yeah. And so they were just like spinning and spinning. They don't know what happened other than that he knew that he hit a wrong switch somewhere and that caused something. And then the, all of a sudden so the lead pilot went and did something. He doesn't recall what. But they they leveled out again and they just kept on going. And they made it home. Yikes. Yeah. Jeez. The the movie also goes into his wife. His wife at the time when he left. He had a wife and... and um, oh, yeah. I don't think... He said... His wife said it's almost harder being on the ground... Than it is being up. Yeah, because if shit's gonna go wrong, you're gonna be the first to see. Yeah. Oh. And also, like, you're just waiting until you hear about if he made it or not. Yeah, just waiting for him to either die or come home. Yep. And they're gone for a long time. Years. Yep. So Apollo 10, uh, Cernan was selected for the lunar module position of the backup crew for Apollo 7. Although that flight carried no lunar module and standard crew rotation put him in place as the lunar module pilot on Apollo 10. The final dress rehearsal mission for the first Apollo lunar landing on May 18th, 26th, 19th... Uh, May 18th... May 18th to 26th, sorry. Uh, 1969. Okay. During the mission, Cernan and Apollo 10 commander Tom Stafford piloted the lunar module Snoopy in lunar orbit with just 8.5 nautical miles of the lunar surface. This is the one Ooh. I'm talking about. This is where it gets all messy. It sounds messy already. Successfully executing the every phase of the lunar landing up until final powered descent, providing NASA planners with critical knowledge of technical systems and lunar gravitational conditions to enable Apollo 11 to successfully land on the moon two months later. Oh, okay. So what they did, basically this guy did a trial run to let them land on the moon, and this is the one I, I was talking yeah, about. this is the one that actually worked. The Gemini one was just a launch into space. Um... And I just went up and, and then basically came back down and whatnot. Uh, the Apollo 10 was to the moon. They looped and they did like a controlled loop of the moon, basically going at like incredible speeds. Well, they did a spinny the, boy. That was the goal for the one that crashed, is that they were going to do the exact same thing, but it failed. Uh, maybe. And yeah. I think it was Apollo 11? It would have been... No, because these were... Uh, I don't know. Apollo 11 was the first... There's so many Apollos. Okay. Apollo 11... We'll successful. set it straight. Apollo 11 was the one that uh, Louis Armstrong... Um, yeah. Louis Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and, and they successfully... Nam- or Not Louis Armstrong. I was thinking, <laughs> Sorry. I don't think Louis Armstrong <laughs> was on the moon. <laughs> oh, hey guys, I know it's pretty tense up here. Let me lay on the moon. Louis Armstrong is the best astronaut. I'm sorry. On the record. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Apollo 11 was the one. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> to say Louis uh, Armstrong. Oh, first time you said it, I thought you were making yeah. a joke. I was just letting it go. Oh man. Yeah. So, after that, there was the Apollo 17, uh, which he actually turned down uh, the opportunity to walk on the moon as lunar module pilot of Apollo 16, preferring to risk missing a flight altogether for the opportunity to command his own mission. <laughs> He'd rather command than like do something, or be like walking on the moon. Cernan therefore moved back into the Apollo rotation as commander of the backup crew. So he was commander of the backup crew of this one. Uh. 
uh, putting him in a position through normal crew rotation to command his own crew on Apollo 17. So he was the backup of, of 16, but he was commanding 17. Yeah. Uh, he said this one was... I think this is the one I'm talking about. Yeah, this is the one that he didn't think was actually going to happen. Because just before this, he was flying a helicopter over the water. And he got too close to the water and clipped the water. Oh. And had a helicopter crash. Yikes. And then after that, they were like, would you like to pilot this thing to the moon? And he's just like, ah, I can't believe you'd be asking me after I just <laughs> flew a helicopter into water, basically. <laughs> it was a little dry. It needed some water. Yeah. So he didn't think it would actually happen and everything. Uh, and this is around the time when, when NASA was basically running out of money because they're getting budget cuts. Oh. Because they'd already been to the moon and they'd completed the space yeah, race. Yeah, you already did it. I don't know. Yeah. And so they were like, well, we don't really need anything more. They are like, well, Apollo 17 will be the last lunar mission. Hmm. So the Apollo 16 went and did its thing, and then Apollo 17 did its thing afterwards. Hmm. Uh, so escalating, like I was saying, budget cutbacks, um, there was a question of how many more lunar missions the, the NASA would be able to put on. And uh, the Apollo 15 uh, was canceled, and Apollo 19... Uh, was also canceled later. Uh, pressure, this is what it says, pressure mounted on the, from the scientific community to shift the sole professional geologist in the active Apollo roster of astronauts, Harlan Schmidt, to the crew of the final surviving Apollo mission, Apollo 17. So they never sent a geologist to the moon yet? Yeah, I don't know why they... And so they got this guy who was like half astronaut, half geologist, to go and take moon rocks, basically. <laughs> cool. Yeah, moon rock, Harrison Smith man. <laughs> I want to I wanna figure out what... Th- what so, was actually in those moon rocks? Do we know? Yeah. They've got all sorts of samples in NASA. Did they stuff. find any, like, new elements up there? Or were they just like, nah, same shit, different moon? Basically. There was some... They found content of iron and, and a bunch of other stuff. And, and You can find out what the moon's made up of just off of these few things that they... Oh, okay. These few rocks that they collected. Hit me. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, the, the last mission, this Apollo 17, it was this geologist... Uh, there was the pilot, and then there was Cernan, who was, like, the commander. Huh. So, yeah. And uh, this decision meant that the uh, LM pilot, Joe Engel, never had the opportunity to walk on the moon. So, basically, they they had to bump oh, one of the pilots that's... off. That sucks. And then have this other geologist go on. So, geologist was like, yeah, boy! <laughs> yeah, I imagine. And then Joe Engel was like, no. What? I was gonna... Oh. I was gonna moon, but no. <laughs> I'm finna moon. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Come on, rat gay. So after that, uh, he had to, to fight to uh, keep his crew together. And basically he was he was given the choice of flying with Schmidt as a LMP, I don't know, lead pilot, I think is that what, is what it means. Lead or team. seeing his entire crew removed from Apollo 17. Ooh. So... Uh, he eventually chose to fly with Schmidt. Well, yeah. Which was, yeah. Reasonable. He was like, okay, I'll fly for you. We'll go to the moon. We'll get some rocks. You know, cool stuff. Yeah, moon rocks. And he, <laughs> yeah. he eventually came to have a positive evaluation of Schmidt's abilities. Uh, for example, he concluded that Schmidt was an outstanding LM pilot, while Engel, notwithstanding an outstanding, notwithstanding an outstanding <laughs> record as an aircraft pilot, test pilot, was merely an adequate one. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess he's still adequate. I mean, so Rock Dude, Rock Dude was a uh, was an <laughs> outstanding pilot. There you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
So he was the commander of Apollo 17, which is the last space flight to the moon. Uh, he did the lunar exploration mission with a number of record-setting achievements. During the three days of Apollo 17's surface activity, December 11th to 14th, 1972, Cernan Smith performed three EVAs for a total of about 22 hours of exploration of the Tartarus Litro Valley. I think I figured out what EV. I think EVA stands for like away from Earth, basically, like Earth exit vehicle. Uh, Maybe something like that. I don't know. Basically, anything if you're out of sight of a vehicle in space and like yeah. you're doing your own stuff. He said it was really weird being on the moon and seeing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like for the second time, basically, he'd been uh-huh. to the moon before, but he had never touched it. And this time he was on the moon. He was like staring out there, and he's like, "I only have three days here. Like, what am I gonna do after <laughs> the three weird. days? I'm just gonna never come back." That's pretty weird. Yeah, it was so sad because he's like he said he remembered looking up at the at the Earth. And they called it, like, there's Earth Rise, is what they called it. So, like, instead of, you know, moon, the yeah. moon rising on the horizon, the earth. you could see the Earth rise on the horizon. And he, he saw that. He was just standing there, and he was waiting for Earth Rise to happen, and he just saw it. And he's like, I'm so lucky to have this this opportunity to see this. And then he was also like, my family is back there. Hmm. So, yeah. Deep. It's, it's pretty deep, man. Yeah. Um... So his exploration of uh, the f- their first exploration alone was more than three times the length of uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin's oh, wow. uh, that they spent outside of Apollo 11. Uh, Cernan and Smith collect, uh, covered more than 35 kilometers using the lunar rover and spent a great deal of time collecting geologic samples, including a record 34 kilograms or 75 pounds of samples. Whoa! The most of any Apollo mission. Yeah. Uh, that would shed some light. Uh, um, yeah, they were collecting samples that would shed some light on moon moon's early history. So, like what they were, what it was made of, and yeah, how it came to be, and everything. People don't really know where the moon came from. Yeah, they, even today they don't really know. Yeah, like there's theories, but no one can prove conclusively. Well, it's definitely not the one where like the Earth spat out a baby, and then it was just like, <laughs> like I don't know, that was dumb. Yeah, and then like the Earth was just like gaboom goodbye. Well, there's a theory that a. A slightly, like, smaller meteor hit Earth and a chunk of it blew off, but that's dumb. Yeah, there's the, like, a slightly smaller than moon. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We just got a moon. Who cares? Oh, and they also reached the lunar land speed record. Oh. It's an unofficial one. Uh, they got to 11.2 miles per hour on the moon. Oh, slow down! Which is pretty fast on the moon, if you consider... Oh, yeah, like... The, right? <laughs> it's like, like 11 miles. Yeah. Woo! It was on the rover, too, right? 11 miles. 11 miles per hour. So 18 kilometers per hour. Yeah. On the lunar module. That's like, okay. considering that you can barely, like, walk on the moon, yeah. right? Consider, like, walking on the moon, you'd be so slow. On the, on the rover, that would be, like, cooking it, right? <laughs> you'd be like... That's <laughs> <laughs> the furious moon? Yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, as, he, as he prepared to climb the ladder for the last time... He spoke these words, and they're the last words spoken by a human standing on the moon's surface. God damn! So this, this is the quote thick. here. Bob, this is Gene, and I'm on the surface, and as I take man's last step from the surface, back home for some time to come. But we believe not too long in the future. I'd like to just say that I believe history will record that America's challenge of today has forged man's destiny of tomorrow, and as we leave the moon at Taurus Litro, we leave as we came, and God willing, as we shall return, with peace and hope for all mankind. Godspeed, the crew of Apollo 17. Hmm. Yeah. 
That was a well thought out speech. Yeah, he was the last person to walk on the moon. And uh, the Purdue University holds the distinction of being the alma mater of the both the first person to walk on the moon, Neil Armstrong, and the last person to walk on the moon. <laughs> so that university did pretty good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Uh, he was only one of three humans to travel to the moon on two different occasions. Huh. So he's one of the three to do that. Out of like only, eight billion of us? Only one of the 12 people to ever have walked on the moon. Oof. Yeah. Apollo 10 holds the world record for the highest speed attained by a manned vehicle at 39,897 kilometers per hour um, during its return to the moon on May 26, 1969. So he's the fastest person to ever go. Yeah. He was a zoomy boy. Yeah, he was one quick guy. Yeah. And uh, how am I doing here for time? Oh, I might have to throw in some, some Neil Armstrong stuff too. <laughs> You're already almost out? Yeah. Well, but I, I was, I was trying to speed it along. I gotta find like the proper pace for some of these things, you know. Yeah, he's oh. a very interesting guy. I think the pace is good. I think I like the pace. Yeah, because it was more. Yeah, the pace was good. Maybe I'll start doing my own stuff and like writing it up, and we can figure out how many pages just exactly it would take. You know. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Well, I like the pace you had. It was good. Yeah. And uh, so this is after NASA and everything. In uh, 1976, Cernan retired from the Navy with the rank of captain, which is kind of like a low rank. Oh, my voice just cracked so hard. <laughs> like, a captain? Really? You think that they get higher than a cap? I don't know. I don't really know ranks all that well, but I think Iron. captains... Like, the guy from MASH was a captain. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right? So... That's a pretty high rank. Don't you go this in Fox? I don't remember his name. Uh, yeah, I don't remember his name either. Uh, he was the executive vice president of... of Petroleum Inc., I guess, before he started his own company called the Cernan Corporation. In 1981. Uh, it was a contributor to ABC News and the weekly breakthrough segments of Good Morning America, morning show for the segment on health, science, and medicine. So he did a few of those. Uh, he published his memoir, uh, The Last Man on the Moon, with co-author Donald A. Davis, covering his naval and nasal, nas, <laughs> NASA <laughs> career. <laughs> he is featured in the space exploration documentary In the Shadow of the Moon, which he stated, Truth needs no defense. And nobody can take those footsteps I made on the surface of the moon away from me. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take that shit also away. contributed to the book of the same name. Not the same name of nobody can take those footsteps I made on the surface of the moon away from me, but in the shadow of the moon. Because that would be an interesting book. Shadow of the moon. No. <laughs> hey, you want to read my, no- my new book? Nobody can take those footsteps I made from the surface away from me? I, yeah... <laughs> Uh, Cernan and Neil Armstrong testified before U.S. Congress in 2010 in opposition of the to the cancellation of the constellation, the cancellation of the constellation program. <laughs> That's a fun sentence. Yeah, uh, it had been initiated during the Bush administration as part of the vision for space exploration, with the aim of returning humans to the moon and eventually Mars, but was deemed underfunded and unsustainable by the Augustine Commission in 2009. Oh, yeah. He also paired his criticism of the cancellation of Constellation, oh my god, I keep saying, <laughs> with the expression of skepticism about NASA's planned replacements of the, for that program's role. Uh, I don't know if it ever mentions this in here, but he was also, uh, he also very, um, like, didn't like the idea of, um, what's his name, the guy that just launched his, his car into space? Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. He didn't like the idea of having private people be able to launch stuff into 
space. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, he's like, the government should control space and nobody else. <laughs> commune the space, everyone share. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Space commune. I guess he didn't want, he thought it was dangerous or whatever, which I mean is fair. You should probably have yeah. ample amount of training. Yeah, there should be like, I don't know. Regulations a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. You can't just fucking throw your car in space. <laughs> yeah. If you have enough money, you should not be allowed to just throw shit in the space to be yeah. like, lol. Yeah. Oh yeah, here it is. Commercial crew development uh, and such companies and whatnot. He warned, he warned, do not yet, uh, they do not yet know what they don't know. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a great quote. They don't know what they don't know. Yeah, do not yet know what they don't know. So, uh, yeah, uh, SpaceX, he... Um, oh, actually, he apparently, so he shared that view about SpaceX, however, uh, after being debriefed at length by SpaceX venture capitalist Steve Jurvetson, uh, who reached out to CERN as part of an effort to ob- obtain the signatures of nine Apollo astronauts on a photo meant as a gift to Elon Musk to mark the occasion of the first successful SpaceX cargo mission to the ISS in 2012. Huh. Cernan signed it, so that's kind of cool. I didn't know Elon Musk got a birthday present that was just a bunch of. That's kind of fun. Yeah, we gotta do one on Elon Musk because I know nothing about. He's a crazy guy. He's <laughs> flamethrowers and stuff. I know He's... zero about him except for boring yeah. flamethrower. Uh, Cernan said, "As I told him in these stories of heroic entrepreneurship, I could see his mind turning." Oh, that's Jervison. Sorry, he found a re- reconciliation. I never read any of this in the news. Why does the press? Why doesn't the press report on this? So yeah, that's where I was misinformed by the news. Press. Yeah. Why don't you? So Cernan was eventually like, okay, fine. I guess Elon Musk is good guy. At first he was like, absolute no nah. Musk, <laughs> anti Musk. Yeah. I found a cool thing. Did you? Um, I just googled what is the moon made of out of curiosity, and I got. But- <laughs> Because I didn't know when I'm Is five. it cheese? Yeah, it's cheese. Yay. The crust of the moon is made up of a concrete-like <laughs> cheese. Regolith. <laughs> okay, you gotta ast- start again. The crust of the moon is made up of a concrete-like regolith. Or regolith? Have you ever seen that word? Reg- regolith? Regolith, I think. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. As asteroids and meteorites collide with its surface, they blast into fine pieces that cast imprints, like Neil Armstrong's footprint, in really good detail, apparently. Huh. The crust of the moon is about 38 to 63 miles, or 600, or sorry, or 60 to 100 kilometers thick. One thick boy. The surface can be as shallow as 10 feet deep in, in the Maria, in the Maria, or as deep as 66 feet in the highlands. The moon has highlands. Yeah. That's they, weird. They named all the parts of the moon, yeah. That's pretty fun. Yeah. The, the big crater is what they're talking about with the... The words. Oh, not that deep. that's so cool. Yeah, the moon's surface is covered in impact craters, lava flows, yeah. some visible to the unaided stargazer. Huh. That's cool. I don't know that. Moon, yeah. thanks for being the moon. Anyway, uh, on the last step of this guy, his personal life. Cernan was married twice and had one daughter. Uh, he had his first wife was uh, Barbara Jean Ashley. Barbara Jean. Uh, she was a flight attendant, apparently. So <laughs> he married in 1961. They had one daughter, which is Tracy. You think you've been on flights? And then I've the, been to the fucking moon, <laughs> Barbara. In 1980, they separated, and uh, That's but why they I... remained friends. Apparently, 
I don't know. Oh, I find on. that kind of hard to believe. I, but do not believe. His second marriage was Jan Nana Cernan, uh, which was 30 years until uh, his death. Already died or He gained two stepdaughters, Kelly and Danielle. <laughs> he gained. He equipped. <laughs> <laughs> he said he had a lot of problems with his, his, his wife. Um, his first one his, or his no, second No, his second one? wife. Wife, because his second wife was just like, just settle down. He was like, nah, I gotta go space exploring. <laughs> Basically. You think you've been on fucking flights? Here's another cool thing. He delivered the uh, the main obituary at um, at Neil Armstrong's funeral. Oh. Yeah. Because he was super good. You can see the actual video of him delivering it, and he was like crying. Because he was so, yeah. Neil Armstrong actually congratulated him himself. Uh, this this guy Eugene Cernan. Oh, he came up and Neil Armstrong was like, "Without you, basically, I wouldn't have been able to land on the moon because we wouldn't have had that test pilot to go and, and try that that lunar mission." So thank yeah. you. I also forgot about another thing where you did a where you like attached to the you you were like in the ISS and you like going for a spacewalk or whatever. Yeah, he did the spacewalk one where he went unconscious. Oh, yeah. So it was almost really bad. Holy shit. I'm pretty sure he went unconscious. Something went wrong during the spacewalk. I'm pretty sure he went unconscious and then like woke up just a little bit later. Yeah, he did go unconscious because he, he was just... So, In awe. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, first of all, there's the moon, the, the earth, and I think he was spinning. And then he just was knocked out from the pressure or something like that. And he they luckily they like roped him back in and then he, he woke up when he was on the descent to earth or something like that. <laughs> and people were like, what? That's pretty cool. You know what I just remembered? Hmm. Remember in like 2011 or whatever when they they did the Red Bull space jump? Oh yeah, I just remember that. That was cool. <laughs> I don't know why it's just all the space talk, you know. Yeah, that was a cool thing. Where like they jumped from space and then the guy almost died. And yeah, he, he jumped didn't. from like upper 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 atmosphere. Yeah, he was like goodbye. Just to the point where you wouldn't burn up if you jumped, and you jumped. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, he died in the hospital in Houston on January 16th at the age of 82. He was buried buried with full military. Mer- he was buried with full military honors at the Texas State Cemetery, and he was the first astronaut to be buried there oh. during a private service. Cool. Uh, he was a member of a bunch of organizations. Um, he also won, like, a million awards. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, among them, the Naval Aviator Astronaut Insignia, the Naval Distinguished Service Medal, the Distinguished Flying Cross. The Flying Cross is one hard one to get. Uh, the Defense Service Medal. Uh, distinguished service, exceptional service. So we got all the services. Yeah. Uh, he got Space Hall of Fame. Ooh. Obviously, he got Astronaut Hall of Fame. Uh, in Slovakia, he got Grand Officer. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's probably good. In Slovakia, yeah. I guess. He got a Great American Award. And the All-American Boys Chorus, apparently. But did he get a certificate for being a very useful uh, engine? Probably. <laughs> I bet he did. It was a freaking useful engine. <laughs> I want to see a certificate for being very, very useful. There's a spacesuit on display at the, at the uh, National Air and Space Museum. Huh. It's a pretty cool spacesuit. He had a bunch. Yeah, he said, like, one of his, the weirdest things was having a spacesuit fitted because he came in one day and they were like, we're going to get you a spacesuit fitted. And he said it was like getting a, a suit fitted for yourself. <laughs> it was just like they walked in and they, like, put some stuff on you and he was just, like, standing there and it was, like, just getting a, like, a normal suit fitted. <laughs> That's fun. And it was like, this is your spacesuit. Yeah. The first time he went into the moon, he thought, um, because I'm just re- recounting all the movie stuff now, the first time he went to the moon, he remembered the the day and then, like, walking up on the ladder and getting into the spacecraft and just, like, 
thinking how crazy it was that he was just going to be blasted off into space. Yeah. You know? I'd probably be in the same shoes. I'd be like, Jesus. I'm thinking of the song And then also being afraid of death, imminent death, because there's the one that got, like, exploded. Yeah. And then the one that just, like, got turned into a giant microwave. That he was, yeah, he, the one that he witnessed be microwaved. Yeah. And then they were like, all right, go get him, Tiger. Yeah. Help. The other thing, they all lived in a similar, like, they had a neighborhood just for, like, the astronauts or whatever. (laughs) And so, like, all the wives and everything were were home or whatever, waiting for the, to hear the news. And he said they all went back. And, um, got fucking wasted. No, they didn't get wasted. I'm talking about the time when the thing killed them. Oh. Yeah. The one that he was the second crew of, and then all of a sudden the first crew of. Yeah. He he went back, and then there's like this one house. He lived right next door to the, the wife oh. of the main pilot. And he just remembers being there. They, they were put on leave for like a little while, like three weeks they had, or yeah, four yeah. weeks to recover. And he just remembered, like, halfway through the, the four weeks, the, the lady just moved, and, and they never saw her again. Damn. Yeah. It's really sad to, to have to come back to that. And then... Well, on that depressing note, yeah. I think we're about done. Uh, I'm so sorry. Is there anything else? Moon not Oh, apparently choose. Cernan's voice from Apollo 17 was sampled by Daft Punk in Random Access Memories in the last track named Contact. Cernan's last words on the lunar surface. Yeah. Huh. I want to hear that song. Yeah, we'll I kind of want to hear it. We'll listen to it after we'll listen, the yeah. 2018. Yeah. Cool. Well, thus ends the tale of Eugene Cernan. And, and, and yeah, there he is. He's a cool did dude. We, did we do it? We did do it. Wow. I was skeptical about your dude, because he sounded kind of boring, but he was quite cool. Eugene Cernan? I'm not... Kudos. Like, uh, I, I <laughs> promise to deliver the coolest of the content. <laughs> yeah. These guys, I don't... I don't just make them up. Well, I I just didn't know a lot about astronauts. I was like, nah, can't be that hard. Just get into a little ship. Pew, away you go. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Damn. These cool. things are, are not easy. And this guy, because of him, we got man on the moon. Yeah. Right? And he was he was only one of the three people to ever go to the moon twice. Well, <laughs> he's got this this quote from, from the biography movie that I watched where he's like talking to his daughter. And he's like, you see that moon up there? And his daughter's like, yeah. He's like, I've been there twice. <laughs> There's another part where, like, this guy, he was talking to his uh, his Air Force buddy. And his Air Force buddy is like, I'm better at flying than you. And he's like, you see that up there? I've been there twice. I bet you couldn't freaking hit that. I hit it. I went there twice. I slapped that moon's <laughs> ass and I said, oh, you're so thick, moon. Yeah. And then I went back home. Yeah. So that's it. We got, we got through Eugene Cernan's life. One more life down. Eight billion more to go. Woo! We're getting there. Yep. We'll we'll get there eventually. Hey, um go on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. Yeah, those are the three. Four or five. <laughs> <laughs> He's still learning his numbers. And also visit visit the www.narrative.ca. Always visit. And uh, that's where you can leave us your comments, your your, your anything like that. You can, I, I'm you can still responding them to them. I'm still going to respond. We will respond. We just want one. Give me one. Please. Just write, like, the letter K. That'll be I will good. respond. Yeah. <laughs> Pick That'll a letter. Good. Give me something. <laughs> Give us something here. We know that there's some of you listening. I guarantee. There's at least seven that have seen every single episode so far. I looked at the all-time stats, and it was, heard. like, 54 people total have listened to our podcast. Yeah, that's 54 of you guys. So, get your shit together. What are you doing? Are you just listening to the episode and being like, meh. No, yeah, it was good, whatever. Yeah, like, just just keep watching more. Fool. Listening. 
I'm really bad at this. Watch. Phone. No, yeah. you watch the you, phone the you, whole time this is playing. You watch it. Don't take your eyes off our phone. All right. My phone. Actually, take your eyes off my phone. <laughs> Stop looking at his phone, man. Okay, okay, bye. We'll, we'll get you out of here. See you guys next week. Oh, we got a hint at next week. Oh, we do, don't we? Or I guess same week or whatever time frame we're at. Yeah, well, um... Who's your guy? My guy is, um... Or girl. I mean, it doesn't have to a, be a it's guy. It's a guy. We gotta do a girl. Good point. Yeah. We haven't done any women. I'll do a, I'll do a girl. I'll do a girl. I mean, <laughs> I was waiting for that to sink in. <laughs> well, while you're doing a girl, <laughs> I, I will. Uh, I'm my next guy. Remember how earlier I said like he's a cowboy? I was kind of referring to this guy. He's a uh, similar to Capone, kind of. I got this great. Uh, I can't even dig into it, but I got this great book, and he was in there, and I could not help myself. So I'm doing another like, Dark Tower gangster guy. Not Dark Tower. <laughs> it's called Book of Crime. The Guns. 166 oh, years of yeah, New York Times reporting. Yeah, yeah. You're telling me about that. Okay, cool. You will Does he have a it. funny hat? Ah, uh, kind of. Really? Does he have a funny beard? Like an L.A. Noir hat. Oh, okay. That's funny. That's <laughs> pretty funny. All right. Well, you guys know where to go. Yeah, you know where to leave it. We told you enough. Just do it. Yeah. Give on. us five stars on iTunes, please. We love you. Bye.